Welcome to Critical Issues Commentary, the podcast ministry of Gospel of Grace Fellowship, a non-denominational Christian church in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. This is Jessica Kramis, your host for today, and I'm speaking with Bob DeWay, Gospel of Grace's teacher and theologian and author of Critical Issues Commentary. In this series, we are discussing CIC issue number 48. The title is The Dishonoring of God and Popular Spiritual Warfare Teaching. And we've been discussing kind of the dominion idea of spiritual warfare. We've reached the point in the article where the heading is the ransom theory of the atonement. Before we actually discuss that, we need to determine whether or not Jesus actually descended to hell. So we'll probably spend this whole episode on that topic and we'll come back next week yeah. for the ransom theory of the atonement. So how does this confusion even come in? Well, it comes in from uh, a creed from church history that uh, is coming up in a Bible study that my wife is in right now with some ladies, and they're going through Peter, and it's coming up there uh, because there's some texts that confuse people, and then you have the creed. And last week, some of those ladies were asking me about it, and they said, well, we." one of the ladies said, well, when I was a kid in church, we said Jesus descended into hell every Sunday. And so, yeah, a lot of us grew up reciting the Apostles' Creed, or you know, we didn't in church, but I remember saying it when I would go to church uh, in the little church in Archer with Grandma Theora. We all, right. They always said the Apostles' Creed. Right. Well, in research for this, we found that uh, our pastor, Eric Dalma, actually preached a sermon on this at Gospel of Grace Fellowship, on July 19th, 2015. And so we printed out the PowerPoint. You can go to ggf.church and find that sermon uh, under, go by the date, July 19th, 2015, but descended to hell, question marks, the name of the sermon. Okay. If you and, actually, it's easy to find if you go under topical sermons too, it'll show right up for you. Okay, good. So he has here the Apostles' Creed. And I'll, I'll recite that here off of the PowerPoint. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, was buried, and he descended to hell. Okay, there it is. Then it says the third day he rose again from the dead. Now, this descended to hell is what we want to talk about. Okay. In the article that we're doing, issue 48, I have a section on the ransom theory of, of atonement. Okay. One thing we need to clear up right away, and that is that because something was taught in church history after the death of the apostles, doesn't mean it's right. That's true. And you know, when I was a kid and they would talk about the Apostles' Creed, I thought the Apostles wrote it. <laughs> the Apostles did not write the Apostles' Creed. That came much later in church history. Right. So it really wasn't written by Apostles. Right. And we've said it many times on, on through CIC, through articles, radio shows, podcasts, YouTube, that only what real apostles, the ones appointed by Jesus Christ, taught by him, Christ and his apostles, 
what they teach is binding and authoritative. Right. Something yes. being old doesn't make it true. Okay. A lot of serious heresies go way back. That's including true. the ransom theory of atonement. I believe it's totally false, but it's been wrong around for a really long time. Okay. And so the ransom theory claims that a ransom had to be paid to Satan in order to rightfully gain back uh, uh, people, believers, authority over the earth, whatever. Okay. Uh, variations of it. Mm -hmm. But in a, it's, in a sense, there's a serious difference. Because the ransom theory claims that the payment was made to Satan. The truth of the Bible is that God is the one whose uh, wrath against sin was appeased by the blood atonement. Right. And that's a really big difference. Well, it's a huge difference. But that is the difference between the heresy of Kenneth Copeland and other versions of this dominion theology, the apostles and prophets movement, the word of faith movement, and the truth of the gospel. That's the huge difference. Right. And it doesn't have to do with hell. It has to do with the difference between heaven and hell. Yes. Because trying to pay off a debt to Satan won't get you to heaven. No. <laughs> you need your sins forgiven by God. Now, this okay. was foreshadowed. The true atonement was foreshadowed in the Old Testament at Passover. And they put the blood on the doorpost. And Yahweh said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Right. Now, who was coming through the camp? Who was going through the Egyptian, through Egypt? And killing the firstborn. The angel of death. The angel of Yahweh. Ah. Yeah. Ah, good, big, good distinction. Yeah. Well, the angel of Yahweh came and brought judgment. Mm -hmm. God judged the Egyptians. Right. It wasn't Satan, it was God himself. Right. Now, God brought them out. He split the Red Sea. And in 1 Corinthians 10, that's a symbolic of baptism. Okay. okay. You go into the sea, you come out the other side. The Egyptians can't get through. They drown in the sea. Yes. So the Bible's telling us that God is the one who's in charge of his own universe. And so the blood atonement means that the innocent lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, Jesus Christ, and a lot of what's taught in the Apostles' Creed is accurate, Okay. okay, Jesus was born of the Virgin, and uh, he will come and judge the earth. Those things are true. That he ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God. That's true. But we're interested in his descend to hell business. That's right. And we're also interested whether the shed blood of Jesus appeases God's wrath against sin, or whether Jesus had to go to hell and wrestle with Satan to gain authority back over the earth that Adam had lost. Those are the two different ideas. Right. And that's what these false dominion uh, spiritual warfare teachers are saying, Kenneth Copeland being one of the big ones. 
Well, yeah, the, that whole movement teaches this. Yes. And they have different ways of doing it, but they get their categories wrong because they pick and choose. I was just reading another book. We're reading some books on prayers that are popular to, for future episodes. And this guy that I'm reading has a different version, but it's similar. Okay. And, and then I reread Bill Johnson. He has his own version. Yeah. And they all ignore key texts that tell us what's going on. Okay. okay. And so yes. I'll tell you what they ignore. They go back to the Adam being in the Garden of Eden and get Adam sinning. Right. Well, then Copeland says, and we've quoted him, and we will quote him, well, Jesus lost all authority over the earth. Okay. We've already dealt with that. Mm -hmm. He says, since God delegated the authority, Adam had all of it, and Adam gave it to Satan. Wow, right. Well, this is serious here, because delegated authority isn't the same as transferred authority. Exactly. That's why that's false. Well, now... I just read some other versions. Bill Johnson suggests something similar that uh, Copeland calls it that he's the guy out in Reading. Okay, he was a pietist, and I've written about him. So he says that, well, uh, now uh, Adam uh, lost the authority over the earth and it went over to Satan, and we're going to have to do something to get it back. Uh, Copeland said that he committed high treason, turned it over, but it misses the essence of the whole thing. Right. Okay? Now we're going to get to Jesus descended to hell and show us how biblical. Actually, let me read this little section here about the word of faith, and I'll talk more about it, okay? Okay. We have a slide from that sermon we're telling about July 19, 2015. Word of faith heresy. Here's Kenneth Copeland as Pastor Eric cited him. Uh, and I have other citations in my article. Here's what Copeland said, quote, for Jesus to become our substitute, he had to go through the same kind of separation. He had to, to die, not just physically, but spiritually, and he sent into hell to suffer the whole penalty of sin. So let me talk about that. So now Jesus is spiritually dead, which means... He's no longer God. Okay. Okay. He, the, the, the one who brings life, according to Copeland, at some point is totally spiritually dead, separated from God, and nothing different than a sinner. Okay. Wow. Mm -hmm. A sinner in hell. Dead. And so if he didn't do that, according to Copeland then he can't really help us. He can't pay the penalty of sin. Now, this is a serious, serious heresy. It's wicked. It's damnable. It's blasphemous. But that doesn't keep Copeland and his cohorts from teaching it. Now, let me read on. Okay. Not only did Jesus go to hell, he sank into the deepest, darkest part of it to suffer everything that was necessary on our behalf. We'll be forever glad he did too, because he had to, had he not gone to hell, we would have had to. Okay. Cool. Wow. All right. Now, that's the 
essence of the ransom theory of the atonement and enhanced. I've seen sermons like this. These preachers get really dramatic and they, they build it up. I've seen the crowds just getting all excited and they're telling Jesus did this. He went into hell and he had to fight with Satan and it was so deep and it was so dark and he was tortured and he was tormented. He was in hell and then he won and he got out of there and now we can be, and everybody's, yay, wow. They blaspheme God and everybody loves it. Right. <laughs> you know what? I don't believe Kenneth Copeland or Kenneth Hagen or these other Word of Faith teachers even can articulate the doctrine of God. No, I don't know. They can't. explain eternal, non-contingent existence. And okay. they can't explain how a contingent God is God at all. The answer is he's not. Right. Right. Yeah. Because if Jesus lost his divinity, even for a moment, he never was God. Yeah. God can't cease being God. Right. God, the Trinitarian God of the Bible, existence for existing for all eternity as God, the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, one in essence, three in person, is not compromised, is not contingent. He's not about to lose who he is. Right. Now, Jesus in the incarnation died, but did that mean he had to go to hell and be tormented by Satan? No. And so what, yeah, no, it doesn't mean that. <laughs> what, what's the substitution we're talking about? How does the Bible portray it? They only get by with this because they neglect huge, huge portions of the Bible. Yes. They neglect the significance of the Day of Atonement in, under the Mosaic Covenant. They neglect the narrative in Genesis 22 uh, about Isaac being brought up and where God said God will provide the lamb. Okay. okay. They mm -hmm. neglect the wrath of God against sin, the idea of the Passover, the significance of the poured out shed blood of Jesus. And they neglect the idea that Satan's role as described in the Bible is the accuser of the brethren. Right. His role isn't that he has all authority over earth. His role is to accuse. Yes. And so when we look at some of these things, they miss all kinds of points. All right. Yeah, they do. And there's, I mean, even if you look at the sayings of Jesus on the cross, he told, we, and we mentioned this last week, he told the thief on the cross, today you will be with me in paradise. Yes, I today. preached on that. Yes. And then he said, Father, into, into thy hands I commend my spirit. Right. And then and he, so, said, and he said, it is finished. Not I'm almost there. I just have to go wrestle Satan. It, he said, it is finished. Right. So that's what happens. Now, this is the cause of a lot of heresy, is special pleading, special reading, ignoring things that are necessarily important because they're on topic. Yeah. So if you see a preacher saying, this is it, and here's the proof text, but he doesn't even mention other texts that say something different that are about that same topic. Okay. So to do... Um, theology and to prove that what you're teaching is biblical, you can't ignore counter examples. 
Right. Okay. And they do that all the time. Now, if I'm going to write a theological paper, I will look at all the data and what others have said that would disagree with me. Okay. But they don't do that. Right. Okay. So what evidence is there that when Jesus died on the cross, he ascended, he went to heaven. His body went into the grave. Okay. He went to heaven. Yes. Well, I just preached this last Good Friday to the one thief on the cross who repented. He said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Okay. That suggests that Jesus went to paradise, not to hell. Right. And to prove it because of these false teachers in that message, I went to the use of the word today in the Greek earlier in Luke. Okay. Today, salvation's come. It was announced by the angels. What was that? The Messiah was born. And I went to today in the narrative about Zacchaeus. Today, salvation's come to this house. Why? Yes. Because Christ came. Mm-hmm. Okay. Today you'll be with, today means today. It doesn't mean today I said it. Right. That's what the false teachers say. Now, okay. does well, Jesus may- go to hell? Well, okay, let's practice what we're preaching here and let's wrestle with our problem text, which in their eyes would be 1 Peter 3, 19 through 20. Well, yeah, ni- yeah, 19 through 20. Okay, let's look at it. I'll read it, I'll read it for you and then we'll discuss that because this is the text that they'll point to to say Jesus descended to hell. All right. 1 Peter 3, 19 and 20 in which he also went and made proclamation to the spirits now in prison, who once were disobedient when the patience of God kept waiting in the days of Noah during the construction of the ark, in which a few, that is eight persons, were brought safely through the water. Okay, so Jesus went and he made proclamation to the spirits now in prison. Is that Jesus descending into hell? Well, that's what uh, probably lies behind the Apostles' Creed. That's right. And listeners, I'm just going to jump in for a second. If you really want to, Eric in his sermon gave a lot of background to how that ended up in the Apostles' Creed over a period of a few centuries. He had more time to deal with that than what we do. But if you go listen to the sermon, he will explain in a lot more detail how how it ended up in the Apostles' Creed. Right. If you can't find it yourself, email us and we'll send you a link to it. Yes. Okay. But 1 Peter 3, 18 and 20, as Jessica just read, he went and made proclamation to the spirits now in prison. But one of the reasons that it's confusing to people is because of a lack of understanding the worldview that stems from Deuteronomy 32, 8 and 9 and the divine counsel and taking Genesis 6, one through four, literally, right. and what happened at the flood. This has to do with Noah. Okay. okay. Now, didn't we did a series on that, I believe. Yes, it's called How God Rules His World. You can find it under the radio archives. Right, so we covered that. But to give you a, a review, in case you didn't hear that, what that meant was the evil fallen angels that came to the daughters of men were judged. The flood judged them 
and they were locked up in the abyss. Okay. okay we talked about that. But then later, after the flood, at Babel, they wanted to try to get this going again. They wanted to build Babel and send it to heaven and reach up to the gods. Right. And God wouldn't allow it, so he confused their language. They couldn't even communicate. And then we had the table of nations. So God draws out nations with boundaries. Okay. But in Deuteronomy 32, 8 and 9, he said that the various nations are under the sons of God, which are beings in the divine council, some of which are fallen, but Israel's under Yahweh. We covered yes. all that. Okay. Right. So who are these spirits that Jesus made proclamation to? Right. And where were they? And where were they? Well, the ones in the abyss uh, are locked up. They're let out in, um, according to Revelation 9, they get out again. Right. And attack everybody on the earth. But this was in the realm of the spirits, Jesus proclaims victory. Right. Okay. And this would not necessarily be in hell. No, it doesn't, doesn't no. say that. Right. They're just assuming spirits now in prison means Jesus went to hell. Yes. Now, Wouldn't it be more likely kind of the Greek idea of Hades kind of a, a different... Yeah. Well, if you're scholarly and you're listening to this, Thomas Schreiner's commentary on First Peter has the best material about it. Okay. And I um, printed that out for the ladies that are doing this Bible study. In fact, you're going to be doing it this afternoon. But this idea that Jesus went into hell just doesn't hold water because of all the texts saying that he ascended to heaven. Right. First, when he died, today you'll be with me in paradise. Then he was raised from the dead on the third day, and then bodily ascended to heaven. Yep. Okay, so so he's made alive in the spirit by what he also went and made proclamation of spirits and now in prison. So he didn't go to hell, but he made proclamation to spirits. That's all it's telling us. That's right. And is that the same as what we see in Jude verse six? And the angels who did not keep their proper domain, but left their own abode, he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day. Right. Jude talks about that. Second Peter talks about it. And while we were looking at this material from Eric, I was digging around looking for something else. And I found a whole Bible class I did on it. Okay. A year earlier in 2014. Okay. And I deal with all of these texts. Yes. So I found that PowerPoint. I found the audio. I got it all downloaded onto my computer. And we cover all of these issues and we have a discussion on it. Okay. Now I can find that too. And we can probably post it somewhere. But a lot of material has been done about that. And interestingly, among the scholars, the consensus now is that uh, Jesus didn't go to hell. Okay. 
All right. So we've got about five minutes left. Do you have anything you want to cover before we wrap up? Well, uh, let's just look at a couple more passages. Okay. Luke 23, 43, 46. I already mentioned this. And he said to him, truly, I say to you today, I shall be with you in paradise. I proved the other day that that literally means today. Okay. Not that he said it, but that he'd be in paradise with him. Okay. Based on how Luke uses today. Then verse 46. And Jesus crying out with a loud voice said, Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. So did Jesus say into my into your hands I commit my spirit, and then went to hell? No, that's not a, a reasonable assumption. Right, and then Eric in his sermon showed that others saved through faith who believed in God in the Old Testament are in heaven, not in yes. hell. So others mm -hmm. say, well, the saints were still locked up in some compartment of hell. So he went down there to get them out. Right. So Copeland saying he went to wrestle with Satan. Others say he went to get the saints out of hell. But there's problems with that one. Okay. And Eric has these in his sermon. Genesis 5.24. Enoch walked with God. And he was not, for God took him. Okay. May God sent him to hell. Psalm 23.6. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Okay. So okay. is David in hell? Or was no. he in hell up to that point? I don't believe so. Psalm 49, 15. Psalm will redeem my, God will redeem my soul from the power of Sheol. He will receive me. Psalm 73, 24. With your counsel, you will guide me afterward, uh, receive me to glory. And let me just add this, because I've really studied Luke Acts a lot, trying okay. to make yourself an expert in it. In Luke at the Transfiguration, who's on the Mount of Transfiguration is a sort of preview of glorification, but Moses and Elijah. Right. Were Moses and Elijah in hell? Clearly they weren't. Did God let them out of hell long enough to go up and talk to Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration and back down? Wow. That, that should be shocking. Well, it should be, but that's what people believe. No, yeah. they were in heaven. The saints are in heaven, and they were even before Jesus died. Um, Mark 12, 27, Jesus said, he's not the God of the dead, but of the living. Yeah. Uh, and <clears throat> precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his godly ones. So Eric covered this. And then I have a teaching that goes into more detail about the Jude and the Peter passages. Okay. Or two. But the bottom line is this. When Jesus died, his body went in the grave. His spirit went to be with, in paradise with God, as did that of the thief on the cross. Right. He was raised on the third day bodily, and then later bodily ascended to heaven. And so the Apostles' Creed was not written by apostles, and it's wrong about Jesus going to hell. Furthermore, as we'll show you next time, the ransom theory of the atonement is wrong. 
We are out of time for this edition of Critical Issues Commentary Radio. We want to remind you, you can access this program as well as years worth of others and many articles at the website, cicministry.org. And if you wish to contact us, you can just click on contact and send us an email. One of us will get right back to you. We want to remind you to stand firm in one spirit with one mind and strive together for the faith of the gospel. For Critical Issues Commentary, this is Jessica Kramis. And Bob DeWay. We'll see you next week.